0: Our first scripture tonight comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy in the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for fire. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually And there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of God. God.
1: And our gospel lesson from the second chapter of Luke. and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and all that had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord.
2: A Jewish comedian makes up this story that I'm sharing with you tonight. There was a lady who was caught, Mrs. Rosenberg, in a place where she had to rent a hotel in kind of a snobby part of the country where she was, and she came up and she said, young man, I'd like to have a room for the night. And he says, there's no vacancy. She says, well, I saw the sign outside. It says there are vacancies. I'm sorry, there's no vacancies. There are plenty of other hotels on the other side of town. And she starts thinking, would he not allow me to come here because I'm Jewish? So he decides, she decides to test him and says, you know, I've converted to your religion. And he says, oh, really? Well, how about I give you a little test? Where was Jesus born? How was Jesus born? Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary in a little town called Bethlehem. Very good, the desk clerk said. Now, where was Jesus born? Well, Jesus was born in a manger in a stable. Good again. And why was Jesus born in a manger in a stable? Because an obnoxious idiot like you wouldn't grant a hotel room to a nice Jewish lady for the night. (laughs) Wrong. So wrong. But yet, a part of our story. It's so exciting to have everybody here It feels warm. It feels comfortable. We are in God's presence. God's Spirit fills this place as we enter in again to this celebration. We've been building officially in the church for four weeks, what we call Advent, our self-examination for preparing for the coming of the Christ child, and now we shift to that Christmas time of thankful receiving. We move from internal self-exploration to that Christmas time of thankful receiving. All I need you to do is just relax, take a breath, open up and receive all that is being given to you here tonight. So as the sermon title says, The Power of Light. Light and darkness, one of the primary metaphors, images for Christ coming into the world. You see our Advent wreath, each week we light one, then a second, then a third, then a fourth. Each week, not only symbol that we're getting closer in anticipation of the birth of the coming of the Christ child but also that each second and third and fourth, and especially the Christ candle that we lit tonight, every time they are lit, the darkness is chased away that much more. We all know what light does in dark places. If you've ever been on a camp out, went outside of your tent and it is pitch black, you know the power of a little flashlight. Thank you. I'm wowing them already. The power of light is strong, and it only takes a little bit to change the darkness and to chase it back. Again, symbols of our wreath, especially the Christ child. We know that our friends up north tell us that one candle in an igloo can change the internal temperature from below freezing to 45 degrees or above that Fahrenheit if it's reflected properly. One little light makes a difference. An artist, and we have many assembled with us, was painting a landscape, and it was a cold cabin in the woods. It was snowing. The wind blowed. Not nice, fluffy, attractive snow. It was bleak winter snow, and the picture itself looked desolate. So the artist decided to put just a little candle glow inside the house, inside that cabin, and it changed the whole picture. It gave it hope. It drew attention to itself among the dark and bleak surroundings. We are a people of light. And when Christ comes into the world, so too does he bring his light. His light for you, his light for me, for the whole human race. Isaiah, you heard a little bit, was a prophet in the time of the Babylonian exile. Terrible time for our Jewish brothers and sisters. They were overtaken, their city taken away to another place. Remember, God resided with them in the temple, destroyed. How do they be a people of faith in a way that they never have? And Isaiah comes and says, you have walked in darkness, but you will be a people of light. Talking about God returning God's love and grace and favor to them through all that they have been through. All right, preacher, not Babylon, not an exile. How does this light affect me? Well, look around the world. Very easily to look and think it's a disaster, it's broken. There is so much violence and hatred and wars and self centeredness. So much pain, so much sorrow and suffering. Do we need this light in this time? You're darn right we do. This time more than even in the past. Is our time any worse than the time before? I don't think so. But we are the ones who are on duty. It is on our watch that the world is as it is. We are being called to embrace this light that can transform us into something different, therefore transforming the world. So who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want the light of Christ in your heart, in your life, in the world? Well, preacher, I'm not sure where I stand on the whole Jesus thing. Not sure what that light means. Thank you for asking. Tonight, my challenge is for you to open yourself wherever you are on your faith spectrum or not at all. This is a safe place for you whether you have been a Christian all of your life or you aren't at all. Christ came to change and to save the world, each one of us. And you need to ask your questions. And you need to explore using your head and your heart. But don't throw the Jesus out with the bathwater. There is so much that we do know about faith. Objective and subjective proof and information, and scholarship, and archaeology that gives us cause enough to say, well, this could have happened, yeah. But more than that, once you allow yourself to welcome in the light, it can change you. Thank you, preacher. Don't know if I want to be changed. Happy the way I am. Okay, let me ask you this. How many are 100% happy and fulfilled with who they are in their life, with all of the people in their life, where they are in their journey, and know exactly where they are heading? No. Of course not. Nobody can know that. So what does the light of Christ bring you? Well, of course, salvation, that's pretty important. That's forever. That's after this life is done. That is that place. I don't know what it will look like. I don't know what, where it's going to be, but I know that it's with Christ, and it's where we want to be. And that is huge. So many of the passages that Jesus talks about and preaches about, we take on a human level, and Christ is talking about the bigger picture of God's kingdom coming into fruition. Wow, exciting. But we're not there yet. And I understand, after life, sometimes we just want to roll the dice, be a good person, and hope that we've put in enough time and hours to get in if, that, if God really exists and that really is the next phase. That is a horrible way to live. <laughs> it's a horrible way because you're... Admitting that God is not with you and you're living your life apart from that light, from that presence. And salvation is a huge part of why we celebrate and glorify that Christ was born and what we celebrate on Easter in the resurrection. One that for you and for me and for everybody. When we come and confess, we don't sin, we have new life. And because we have new life, God made a way for us to come home through Christ. That's pretty good news. But I'm with you. Sometimes that's hard to think about this afterlife business. All I know is where I am and what's this world now. What does Christ offer me now? What good does it do me to welcome in this light now? Well, quite simply, it's transformation. Think about the question, if you're not fulfilled in your life, how can that change? None of us is perfect. We all have things to celebrate in who we are, and we need to embrace who we are and love who we are. But at the same time, we're not meant to stop growing. We're not meant to stop being the people we were created to be, and that's what God's light is all about transformation. It's so easy to get distracted in this life by so many things, many of them wonderful. But that takes us away from our understanding of who Christ is and seeking this light and transformation. If you look at the front of your bulletin cover, this is a painting, uh, a work of art by a French artist Jean Leon from 1852 to 1854 and if you look real clearly on it that's Caesar Augustus on the top the height of representing the powers that the world dictates he considered himself to be a god roman emperor All came to pay him homage. You see people on all sides from different races, people from all parts of the empire coming to honor and glorify him. It is busy. It is messy. There are people coming and going. It had to be loud, had to be a chaotic environment. And then at the very bottom, almost in the darkness, you see an angel, you see Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, with the light emanating from the Christ child. Now, I love this. I used this last year and loved it, wanted to use it again. Why? Because so easily we can distract ourselves with the busy day-to-day of our lives and never realize the most important thing is right in front of us. All of these people are missing what's happening, that is, Christ being born into the world, the opportunity for them to engage and bring this light into their lives, hearts, and world, and they don't even notice. It's a shame, and I hate it for those in this picture, and I hate it even more when the picture becomes true and it's us. Our day-to-days are crazy, I know it. Sometimes I, as pastor, can be so much about the business of the church, I forget and neglect my own relationship with Christ. I can be one of those in the picture that forgets because I have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And then a meeting on top of that. It's not easy. But what we get again is the ability to be transformed by the light of Christ. Is that going to make us happy, preacher? You said, if I'm not happy enough, is that going to make me whole? Is that going to make me complete? It's going to put you on that path, on that journey. There are a lot of ways that we seek to care for ourselves. I can do it myself. I'm good, preacher. Think about addiction in its variety of manifestations. Food, money, drugs. Pornography, screens, screen time, gambling, on and on and on. How, how are we doing at taking care of the most difficult things in our lives ourselves? It's so hard. I do believe that we all have addictions of some sort. Sometimes we can manage them so that others don't know, and sometimes they get the better of us. It's no mistake that the first of the steps in Alcoholics Anonymous is what? Higher power. Something bigger than yourself. Because when we withdraw into ourselves, and we turn away from the community that God has given us, Whether that's families, friends, job, church, community, it only makes things worse. As a matter of fact, that's one of the tests. Ask yourself do you withdraw away from the rest of the world to do something that affects your relationship with other people? We're all susceptible. The world puts it all out there for our consumption. But we're not alone in this journey. We're not alone in fighting these difficult things. We're given one another. We're given Christ as a Savior. Save us from what? Ourselves. My goodness. Now, God also made us beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image, and we are certainly that. But if you ask yourself, how can I be a better person, which you've probably done a thousand times in your life, and we're seeking it over here, and we're seeking it over there, and we get a little nugget, we get a little piece, but then we stop, and then we're back in again. This journey is meant to be lived with this light that transforms us from the Christ child. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to do it alone. We're in this journey together to help one another as Christ fills us with that transforming light. So you can change now. You don't have to wait till the afterlife to know what's going to happen next. You can know that God and Christ are with you now. We don't want to be the ones that miss what has been given to us. Preacher, you know, I'm all right. Thank you. I I make a pretty good living. I love my family. I think they love me. I've I've got friends, roof over my head, food. But ask yourself the bigger question, why am I here? Because Nana made me come. That's why I'm here. No, I don't mean here, here. I mean, ask those bigger questions. Why are we here? Is it so that we're okay, that we're comfortable enough? We go through life, and then the life is over, and that's it. Thanks for stopping by. Why are we here? That bigger existential question. If you even can get to a higher power, even get that God was the creator of the heavens and the earth, then there had to be a plan for that creation. You are a part of that creation, as am I. You were given gifts to do things in this life, not just keep it so that things are okay and you kind of move through life and then you're done. We're here to be a change. All that brokenness, all those voices, all those people that are not welcomed into the places they should be, some even church, that has to change and we are the people to do it. There are hungry, there are homeless, there are those that need education, those that need to know that they're not alone as they struggle with what they struggle with. Christ's radical love says we've got to take care of them because they might be taking care of us as well. Transformation happens when we allow ourselves to be exposed to the light of Christ. The shepherds, you think they were ever the same after being in God's presence? Probably not. Those at the birth. The wise men, we'll get to them in a few weeks at Epiphany. You think they were ever the same after they visited Christ? I don't think so. Once they've been in the presence of Christ, they were transformed. Not necessarily all at once. We all want that. Life is meant for a journey, but we step in the right direction, and that right direction is toward the Christ child. It is a joy and it is a gift. All of us are outsiders at some point in some time. Mary and Joseph, outsiders. Shepherds, outsiders. Wise men, outsiders. All those first people that were there, And who amongst us can claim that we've never been on the outside or felt like that they were not welcomed somewhere, whether it's friends or families or places or what have you? All of us have been on the outside, all of us. It's a part of living this life. And when you look at it in the bigger picture, I think we all are outsiders. Christ was sent so that we can come home and be with the family of Christ, through that love that God offers. We're all outsiders, we know it, we feel it, and yet, we've been given gifts of love and family, church family, community, friends, all of those things that we celebrate in our lives, and we are so thankful. But each of you has such potential to be transformed, to claim this gift that God brings for each of you in the same way that God's love broke into the world through that child, God's seeking to break into your life as well. Not going to happen all at once. Conversion experiences are great. We celebrate those. But you still got to get up the next day and continue to live your life. That's where the church family comes in. We're here to help each other. We're here to walk with each other, to learn to ask questions and to say, I don't know if I get this or that. What's your take on that? Let's study this together. It's the joy of church. Yes, you can be cynical of church. Sometimes it's a mess and it's a disaster. It is run by the sinners among us. But it is also the presence of God in this world. And we do the best that we can to seek to be faithful, to allow God to transform us. Malachi, Old Testament prophet, talked about the refiner's fire. As we go along on this journey, we become more who God wants us to be when we seek to be in God's presence. Tom Long is... Uh, a pastor theologian he talks about an experience going to new york at christmas time new york city radio hall to see a christmas production he said the stage seemed like it was a mile long it was huge it was a great night they did selections from uh, a christmas carol from dickens there was different kind of music and the big finale was the reenactment of a live manger scene And they spared no expense. He said, these were not kids in bathrobes. Out came the shepherds and the wise men, professional actors in period dress. The stage was beautiful and huge. Sheep came, camels came, live animals out. Mary with a live baby Jesus, beautiful little baby. Angels descended, suspended from the top down. And then they start playing Handel's Messiah. Hallelujah. I'm happy to join your choir, by the way, if you need me. And he said it was overwhelming. The decibel level was huge as they started to sing. Everything was perfect except the glory of God was not present. He looked at this human production, the best that it could be, recreated as best with all Broadway resources, with set, with everything that could be done, and people were overwhelmed, and yet there was no glory from God. And he took that to mean that so often in our lives, we can be about the false production of our lives. How does it look? How does it feel? Do we have the right costumes? Do we have the right pieces? Are the shepherds coming? Do we have the sheep and the camels? Are the angels descending? Are the pieces of our lives, are they empty productions Or are they radiating the love and light of Christ? We are better when we are with Christ. We are better people when we are with Christ. A few years ago, there was a song, Youth Help Me Out. I like me better when... I like me better when... I'm with you, thank you. Love, L-A-U-V. He was talking about his girlfriend. She brings out the best in him. I like me better when I'm with you. It's exactly the case when we walk this journey with Christ. I am so much of a better person. I am so much more satisfied. I, my life gives so much more power when I'm seeking to walk closer to the one who broke into this world as a child. We have that opportunity. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what bubbles you pop with your gum. God's love and God's presence are here for you. This light will not be overcome by the darkness that is God's promise to us. Allow yourselves to be transformed here and now. And then we go out into the world to transform it in God's name, in God's image, so that they will know God's light, to share the love, to be in difficult places with people in terrible places. This is our calling. And this is what we celebrate tonight. Hallelujah. Amen.